You have a normal size head. I do not have a normal size head. But I feel like it's proportionate to the rest of you. Well, <laughs> I, don't know take, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> but your head does not look like it doesn't fit on your body. Again, I'm, <laughs> all right. Let's just we're not winning. Just, we're not winning. We're not. Yeah, let me let me run this at you. Uh, I I actually own a camper now. You bought a camper. I did. Yes, and we and we went camping this weekend for one night at a campground in Surfside Beach. Congratulations! Yeah. You drove down for one night all the way to Surfside. Well, we had to go get the camper, which was down there anyway. Okay, and we're storing it at. Um, Ocean Lakes. Now, is your wife, is she on board with this? Like she? Well, that, that was the big question, was, is she going to like it? Because she's claustrophobic. Bless her heart. Wonderful lady that I'm married to. I hope she sees this. Um, but I was worried about that. She's not. Everything was fine. She enjoyed it. So... Going back, you got you next this weekend. Oh, you got her yeah, back. Yeah, we're well, you did good. Well, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, That's gonna you. be fun. Thank you. You yeah. got any spots you really want to see? Not really. What's we're, on gonna your store it. we're gonna store it down there. We love the beach, so yeah. we're gonna store it at Ocean Lakes, and hopefully, that'll be a sponsor for us. Ocean Lakes. <laughs> you know what? I I spent some time. I was down on the coast this weekend too. Got to see a, a lot of um, the water from. I mean, Myrtle Beach all the way down to Beaufort, South Carolina. And I came back. I was telling my wife on the way home, I said, we take for granted how beautiful it is here in the Carolinas. Oh, absolutely. I we mean, do. we've got some beautiful – and this is not an ad. Don't, this, I'm, not, not. I'm not trying to get people to move to the Carolinas right now. That's not what's going on. But I just – you know, I, I've, seen, I've seen the Rockies. I've seen the Alps. There's nothing more beautiful than the Smoky Mountains. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, – yeah. And low country South Carolina, yes. and yeah. it's just Myrtle's gorgeous Inlet down there, man. I'm telling you, it's beautiful down there. You, yeah, you can you can see. There's not that, a lot. There's not a lot of dirt down there, though. Richard. No, there's not a lot of dirt. Love seal. Yeah, I imagine the grading business is a lot different down there. Probably so. The sound of that tractor means it's time for us to go to work. Welcome to the Give Us the Dirt podcast powered by Hoopot Grading Company. I am Brandon. This is Bam Bam, and we are your hosts. All right, we're excited to have Austin Conti, the CEO of Tenna, as our guest today. Tenna is a construction technology platform that revolutionizes equipment fleet operations using state-of-the-art integrated GPS tracking, cellular, Bluetooth, and QR technologies to ensure your entire mixed fleet is accounted for. Austin and his team are reshaping the construction and asset management industry through innovation, sustainability, and cutting-edge technology. What's cool about this particular story is that Austin is not a tech guy that found a market in construction. He's a construction guy that found a need for the tech. And I love this line that I found on his website. It says, we experienced your challenges firsthand, which is why we built Tenna. Austin's career in the construction industry has led him to his current role as CEO and co-founder of Tenna. Austin, welcome to the Give Us the Dirt, Sp- Dirt podcast. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me here. Good morning. Good to see you. So, uh, did we get that intro right? Yeah, you guys said it better than I did. So <laughs> that was good, great. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, that's awesome. So, have you listened to the podcast? I have. Yeah. Yep. You got a favorite episode? Um, anything with Bam Bam in it? Anything that Bam Bam said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it definitely, we, we Actually, definitely. Yeah, I, I watched the one on Carolina Cat. 
oh, the other yeah. day about technology that was relevant to what we're doing. So yeah, that was great. We yeah, Michael was on. Yeah. yeah. Now you guys, you partner with them. We do. We're working yeah. with Carolina Cat, so very excited on that. Well, I'm excited to yeah. dive into it and find out what's going on. Um, but before we dive into Tenna and everything that you're doing on that side of it, which is absolutely fascinating, I want I want our listeners to know a little bit more about your story. Okay. So you started in the construction side of things. Tell me about that. When did you first uh, get your first experience in the dirt world? Sure. Um, so um, my family's been in construction for. Uh, over 100 years. So my wow. great great grandfather, uh, Tony Conti, started a company in 1906. Uh, so I guess my first experience was just playing with uh, toys in the dirt, right? So I grew up in the industry doing stonemason work as a kid, uh, but absolutely loving the action of construction. So always did work, you know, during high school. Uh, and then after college, really dived right in the business. Uh, doing different types of work, whether that's project development or estimating. Uh, I personally loved working as an assistant super probably the most just because of the action in the field. Um, and just kind of worked all around the country and actually some different parts in the world. So uh, very fortunate to experience a lot in the construction at a at a pretty young age. What an experience. Yeah. Did you have a choice? Was this a... <laughs> yeah. No, a, so you chose construction, or was it just, hey, my family's been doing this since 1906. Yep. I'm going I'm going in line. Uh, I think I, I, I chose working with my family, and we were working in construction, yeah. right? Oh, so yeah. I had a great relationship with, with, with my father and a lot of people in the business, and um, I think when that works out well, it works out beautifully, right? So I uh, was excited to kind of jump in and be part of it. That's really cool. What kind of price? So I did the same thing. I worked, my dad uh, worked for APAC okay. when I was growing up. And so every high school summer, every college summer, I was on the crew. I yep. was doing something. Now, he, I'm, I'm going to talk to him because I never got to be an assistant superintendent or PM or estimator. Yeah. I was usually on jackhammer oh, yeah. or yeah. Flag, <laughs> flagman. Flagman, yeah. Um, so, but it was a great experience. What kind of projects did you work on? Do you remember any? Yeah, so... Um, I guess more summers are just more stone mason projects we would do. Uh, but really after college, it was bridge work, bridge and road work. Actually in the Carolinas here, I worked on a project in Beaufort. I was corrected. It's, I'm sorry, Beaufort, not Beaufort. Yeah, right? I was but corrected it, multiple yeah. times. Beaufort is North. Do you North know this? I, well, I call it Beaufort. Beaufort but, yeah. is South Carolina. South Carolina. But yeah. that's where I'm from. That's Beaufort with a D. Oh, that's another. I don't okay. even know that. So place. I was confused yeah. too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that. It'll, much. It'll but yeah, yeah. Bo- Beaufort near Beaufort. Moorhead yeah. City. I got I to work on a, a bridge yeah. project there, which is a beautiful beach town, like you're saying about the Carolinas. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous there. Uh, and then also Fayetteville. So worked on the military bases mm-hmm. doing work there. Did um, in, in your story you referenced um, working on a big project, and was that one of your jobs here yeah. in the Carolinas? Yep. And um, if you're able to tell us anything about the scope and size of that project, because Conti does some very large projects. Yep. And so yeah. tell me a little bit, just so we can understand the scope and size of that project that you were working on. Sure. Uh, maybe I'll take a step back and what type of work we do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Conti has a civil company and doing lots of, lots of uh, bridge and road work up and down the Northeast and in the Carolinas. Uh, a lot of our business is federal work. Uh, and then we did some also... Uh, uh, abroad work and in, in West Africa, we did some work and and also uh, other places in Israel and, and around oh. the world. So um, the projects uh, I worked on in Fayetteville was about now it's 
nine years ago here. So around, I think it was seven, seven bridges we were working on there. Uh, and then in, in Beaufort was a single uh, bridge connecting Radio Island and Moorhead City. Wow. So, yep. How, how large, how many people did you have on site? How many pieces of equipment did you have on site? Um, so for the project in, in Beaufort, you know, probably over 75 pieces of equipment at least. Uh, some big cranes on that job because you're doing work uh, over the water. And there, we're also building a trestle, so a temporary bridge for it. Uh, so a lot of action moving, a lot of road work. Uh, In a with, pretty confined space. Yep. 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 And so I, the reason I'm asking, you you probably know where I'm going with this, because yep. part of your story was while you were there on that project, you identified a problem, a, yep. an issue that you you were facing there on the job, but an issue that probably a lot of us in the construction world have faced it sometime. And can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it was actually an issue that was happening um, across two jobs and how we were going to allocate our equipment, especially with the purchase of diff- rent to purchase options of cranes from looking at our project and in, uh, in Beaufort, um, Beaufort, and then also in Fayetteville. So how are we going to allocate this equipment? You know, where were the, where was the equipment around the country? How can we best maximize that? Uh, so that was kind of one of the initial challenges I think every construction company goes through is how can you, how can you move things the right way? And then, you know, where is all this stuff around the country? Because it, as you guys know, it adds up really quick. Now, so yeah, keeping up with, uh, that kind of a fleet, when it's spread out across the country, I can't understand that. I mean, we've, we work within a 65-mile radius of Charlotte, and we yeah, can't, sure. it's hard to keep up with it here. So yeah. managing those resources across that kind of footprint is, is massive. Sure. So yeah. you're, you're out there on the job, you're in Beaufort, and you're trying to get this project done, and you don't know where equipment is or you're needing something that you don't have. Practically, what was what was the challenge there with the equipment and locating it? Yeah, so actually the challenge, so really comes to the origin story of Tenna was on the equipment, but also the materials, because we were we were looking to source uh, really for this trestle all this excess steel around the country, and it was a change, right, uh, in the bid. So we were calling different places around the U.S. So like, okay, what what steel do you have lying around so we can put this thing together, uh, and from that almost problem was okay is there could there be a marketplace for excess things that are basically excess assets are in everybody's yard right so a lot of contractors from my experience don't even know where 20 percent of their things are so what what is all that uncovered value we can uh you know find so it's through that story of almost the trussel came up with the idea for tenna um which was originally kind of a marketplace in some ways but when I went around and tested that marketplace, the first answer was like, great idea. We don't even know what we have. So <laughs> the bigger <laughs> problem seemed to be actually asset management versus just trying to liquidate and move your assets. Well, that's a, that's a great point because I think, and maybe it's just me, but do you run into people that automatically think, all right, we're talking about fleet management, yep. but you're talking about materials now and keeping up with all yeah. kinds. Like if you think about how many buckets are left in the weeds around the country, it's got to be hundreds of thousands of dollars just, and it's not because contractors aren't working super hard and trying really hard. And naturally we're very organized and disciplined industry. That's what we can do what we can do. It's just, there's so much going on every day. Sometimes things get missed, right. And can, 
can any technology, whether it's what we do or any, any applications out there, just bring that data in the forefront and help a bit. I think that makes a huge, huge difference on margin for projects and, and general operations. So, and profit margins as well, probably. Yep. 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 Bam Bam, do you think we run into that? Mm, it could, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, trying to figure out where things are that, that are needed on other job sites that, that may or may not, especially with the supply chain issues that we had a few year, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I, I, I could imagine that would come in clutch for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not just the lost assets. It's like the missed move. Okay, did you not uh, get, you know, productivity that day because that hammer was missing, right? The cost of the crew, everything, at least in our business, compounds, right? It compounds right. In, in two steps that go wrong. So if you can spend more time pre-planning, the better, you know? So. Absolutely. Well, we've, we've kind of teed it up already a little bit. Why tell us about Tenna. What is sure. Tenna? What do you do? So you, you said it actually beautifully, but uh, Tenna is an equipment fleet management platform. Uh, focused on the construction industry. So um, GPS or asset location and monitoring is not new, uh, but because of my background and experience and, and my co-founders, Jose's, uh, we just laser focus on solving uh, really asset management for the self-performing contractor. Uh, and what that means is there's lots of different things out there. So depending on the size and value of the asset, whether that's a trench box, a road plate, bucket, you know, PC 400, a dozer or a crane, we can apply different technology to get data off that. So you can help optimize the operations. So we impact the equipment manager, the mechanics, head of ops, CFO, ownership, when you're trying to, what you're going to buy next, uh, and really look at things holistically on how, how machines are talking to you versus calling someone up and saying, Hey, what's the hours on that machine? See, I think that's the part that uh, I'm so glad to hear you explain that, you know, tracking the equipment, that's probably the easy part, right? Yep. It's, it, you know, you, I can throw an air tag on my suitcase and watch it sure. travel through the air, airport from, you know, yeah. but where the power in this is, is the data that you're capturing. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's the data that enables the workflows. So if I take, for example, like a dispatch event, right? every superintendent's probably getting 20 phone calls a minute on where things are going, or they're requesting to that dispatcher, hey, I need this for my next two week look ahead. But if the data can say, hey, this asset has lower utilization, it just got its preventative maintenance done versus the one that's high utilization that might be coming up for maintenance, which one are you gonna pick to the job? And a lot of times you have to have multiple phone calls to get that information versus you know, a system telling you that. Wow. So how did you start? I want to hear that story. You, yeah. You've got, you're out there on the job. You've identified this, this issue. Yeah. You feel like it's an issue that you're not the only one experiencing. Yeah, so sure. what was the next step? Yeah. And, and in our construction company, Conti, we've tried, you know, it wasn't just this idea. It was like, hey, how can we track things? We're using OEM telematics. We etched our own QR codes on things. We tried it almost four or five times across the life of our company. Um, but really started on just... Uh, talking to a lot of contractors, right? So anytime I think in entrepreneurship and idea, you can have what's in your own mind, <laughs> which some yeah. usually is wrong. <laughs> so you have to go out and, and validate that. And uh, I just drove around actually to a lot of contractors in the Carolinas and talked about it because that's where I was living at the time. 
Um, and, you know, to add a conversation with uh, family business, I think this is something we can build for us and also then can be, you know, marketed for the, for the industry. So, so started did, small. So, so you pitched the idea internally. Yep. And they said, okay. Yep. And then you just hit the road. You got in your car and you went from meeting to meeting yeah. and talking to building a very low cost, almost wireframe version of the product because software development is, is not cheap. So you kind of put together what the vision, how it's going to work, and then talk with the different users on, hey, does this, is this, could this be valuable to you at all? Instead of just building it and then hoping it will work. So a lot of different validation and testing and and, and, and focusing on the industry, right? So as you said before, there's a lot of tech that kind of gets developed and just thrown against the wall versus right. from the user's back. And I think that's the key in any software industry is go from the user back. Who's who's the guy in the field who has to click it, you know, take yeah, his glove yeah. off? He's just like yelling into the phone, you know. It's got to be easy. Interesting. You know? Go out to the field first. Ride by a job site, pull in and say, what do yep. you need? Yep. Where, you know, where, how can you know, help us help you i think that's cool i do too yeah. and, yeah. and you know you've got that you've got that discovery phase but you've also got the first-hand experience sure yeah. yeah so when you come back from this road trip and you go back to the main office and you say all right here's what i've here's what i heard what was that report that yeah well the report was there's a lot of stuff to do and it's always siloed right so uh the easiest thing for us to start at the time was more small tool management because it didn't require the you know, the cellular technology, which is a much bigger lift. So we actually started marketplace, small tools, and worked our way up to full asset management. And the feedback was, hey, the only way I'll really adopt this is if I can cover everything. So that was like, okay, that's actually a lot of work. And then we went to basically work for three years on the product. So we went, we went very slow with the product development before we started rolling out to the industry. When you say small tools. Yep. How small? Uh, anything under like $500 is a threshold. Okay. Right? So you may want to get an impact wrench or a welder or things like that. So, uh, so not like contractors were saying these things are, we're losing these things. They're either yeah. walking off the job somewhere or we've misplaced them. They're sitting in the woods, like you said. Yeah. That was your entry point. That yes. wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do, but that was your that was your ability to get your foot in the door and start showing them how you could solve some of the other issues. Yep. Yeah. When we started, we were just putting QR codes like on bucket trucks. Wow. People were scanning yeah. that and putting their maintenance. And then more and more, we're like, okay, the more automated you can make it, the better. So... We added Bluetooth beacons, then we added fleet management, then we added, you know, equipment management. That's incredible. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Absolutely. You know, the technology, and also I want to hear your thoughts about this because yeah. you've been in the industry a while. You've, you've heard your dad and his dad talk about some of the challenges that we've experienced as an industry over the last 120 years almost for sure. you guys. Um, that how, is, how are you seeing technology change the landscape of construction? Yeah, no, it's that's a good question because uh, sometimes it it helps, sometimes it doesn't. I think, I think in a lot of times, you know, in construction technology, it used to be pretty big ERPs, right? Yep. And they were just you know, construction was a vertical, and you have you'd buy these massive suites that wasn't very purpose uh, purposeful for the contractor. I'm seeing a lot of companies now develop almost construction back products. And I think that's getting higher adoption. You know, the biggest thing is there's a bunch of studies. There's a famous McKinsey study where construction is one of the second lowest laggards on adapting tech, right? And it's like 
um, hunting and then <laughs> construction. And then so, construction. Mm-hmm. so and that's been quoted a bunch of times, but I don't think that's construction's fault, right? I think, I think at its core, contractors are innovators, whether that's how we're, you know, uh, adding a different custom attachment to machine, a different value add approach on a project. So we're entrepreneurial, like in nature, like construction is always changing. That's what's fun about it, right? Yeah. You want to make it repeatable, but that's probably not the case because there's always something on a job you have to solve. Yeah. So I think a lot of times almost tech failed construction a little bit and that we were trying to create, you know, generic things to a very adoptive industry versus now products that are hyper-focused on it and because it's complex and things are moving. So to directly answer your question, how is it impacting? I think it's having a higher impact now because of focus. And if you can focus, you can you can kind of work from the user back. That's interesting, especially hearing you say that you're seeing a shift from these contractors that have gone all in on these, these big suites, yeah. uh, but they're starting to identify programs and 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 tools that will help them with specific issues that you're saying does your product is it integrated with all these other you know that's one of the issues we face is that we've got so many things and one won't talk to the other yeah yep no yeah there's it almost swung you have big erps then you have a million little products right and now I'm, i'm seeing like one project delivery system um you know, war equipment, fleet management, one major uh, accounting system Mm -hmm. and get those, you know, major things working together. It has to integrate, right? You don't want to be double entering 25 times. That's something I know none of us would like to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, it's, it's, it's super important. I'm sure that's been a challenge too. I mean, you got so many there and so many uh, dealers, equipment manufacturers and i imagine you're having to work with all of them to to create those integrations yeah and luckily there's been some standards that come out right so um the association of equipment management professionals professionals worked on an iso spec that a lot of the oems actually write to that can push the data into our platform Uh, so there are starting to be some standards out there which i think is great for contractors cool so the days of two uh, two contractors standing out in the field going, where's that at? I don't know. I saw it the other day, you know. <laughs> you ever heard that conversation? Oh, God, yeah, yep. all the time. I saw it. I know I saw it. I don't know where I saw it at, though. Yeah, yep. Maybe it's over here. And then you end up wasting Yeah, we've recovered some pretty money. fun, uh, you know, hot pursuits when things go, get lost. Hey, tell us gone. some yeah. of that. That's yeah, it. I, I want to hear that, that story. Yeah. Give me yeah, give so. me one of your best stories on that one, yeah. Austin. Yeah, and I had some safety stories too, which I think you want to know about. Oh, yeah. Safety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, we, had a, we had a contractor in Florida, and uh, they were actually demoing our product, uh, and they only put two trackers on, right, and a fleet of about 400 pieces of equipment. So a uh, large-size uh, self-performed civil contractor uh, down in Miami area. And um, the demo was going well. And it's like a Saturday morning, like at six o'clock, I get a call from the equipment manager goes, hey, Austin, like this just got stolen. Can we track it? And I'm like, awesome, let's go, right? We're in hot pursuit. (laughs) So we took the tracker and we found that uh, wasn't a pretty smart thief because he stole the only two pieces with the tracker on (laughs) during the demo (laughs) phase. And it was uh, was a mini excavator. And uh, And they brought it back into the mangroves um, and we had the police call it, boom, found it, but actually found that this thief, it was like a hidden yard. So this is where he was housing equipment from contractors 
all along the area. So it turned out to be like a big Oh, so you, a this was a ring. Yeah. So it's kind of like, there, like yeah. we were like in cops. It felt cool. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Can you imagine <laughs> this dude going down the street in the skid steer and and them chasing him and all the police cars coming? That's, oh, this yeah. could that be was, a series yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. It's um, the... I want to go back to the data side of it sure, because yeah. my brain, I can process the tracking. I can yep. process, um, you know, being able to, to do that. The extracting the data and finding information that allows contractors to make business decisions that improve efficiency, productivity, and profitability. Sure. Can, do you have examples of how your product has done that? Sure. Yeah. Um, and I'll take from a, a superintendent's point of view. So, I think utilization is a really important metric that we measure live. So uh, every previous shift, um, you know, week to date, month to date, project to date, we're recording uh, the runtime by what was projected in the project. And then we're also according, according the, the idle time coming directly from the ECU of the machine. And uh, I know in a lot of companies, people are always requesting and there can be sometimes a culture of hoarding, right? hey, I need that piece, but I'm not going to give it up because I might need it because I'm going to make schedule on here, which is natural and that makes sense. It's not a bad thing. But if that's happening across, you know, lots of jobs, you know, you guys plus 40 jobs, maybe you did an excess rental that you didn't need, right? Or um, maybe that excess rental happened on, you know, 10 jobs, so your cost of equipment's going up. So uh, if you really understand utilization and that data is public to not only the management but all the field team, then you're going to share your assets more appropriately and you might be able to do more with less or on a positive side project that hey we're going to buy some pieces because we're we're actually overutilized and we're getting so much work so i think utilization is a, is a key metric for ops and equipment management i'm curious in you in your experience i would imagine most situations were underutilized yeah so a funny statistic last year we measured uh, when people have signed up and tracked their assets or just started to get data on their assets, how many, how many things were they not getting data on? Mm -hmm. And it's actually 21%. So from time of starting to put things on versus growth of their fleet, it's 21%. So you can go backwards to say, okay, was 20% of their fleet underutilized? Wow. That's real dollars. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. Austin, this is tech space. This is new. Is this new for you? I mean, oh, yeah. were you always uh, interested in that space? Yeah, I always loved tech. Yeah. Um, I love different like process change and um, IoT. So Internet of Things has been a buzzword. I was just fascinated on that. Whether that's you know having a refrigerator tell you how cold it is, <laughs> or you know what's the health of your of your your D six dozer. I I just thought that was so interesting. So. This is, I mean, it's pretty competitive space too, yeah. right? Are you yeah. seeing a lot of people that are trying to do similar things? And then how has Tenna separated it themselves from everyone else that's trying yeah. to do it? Yeah. Uh, again, like GPS is, is not, you know, new. Um, I think there's been a lot of uh, players in the fleet management space, whether that's, you know, trucking, uh, tracking trucks for Walmart or, you know, just general over the road trucking has been around for a while. Um, but where we differentiate ourselves, there really is not an operations platform for equipment fleet management for contractors. And that's that's our main differentiator because uh, the beauty in software is you, you can build anything, right? It is so cool 
to invent and see some idea or screen come to life and people using it. Right. But uh, what you build, does it actually matter? <laughs> like that's the, that's the key question. Right? Yeah. So that's, is it a really competitive space? Uh, it is, but not, we don't, we're not seeing a ton of competitors just for contractors. Yeah. We're one of the players there. So how does that, how does that first meeting go with Jim Bob's, you know, yeah. grading? When you go into the office, because you said earlier that construction is one of the last ones to adopt the technology of any industry. We're, we're yeah. kind of late to the party. Yeah. How does that meeting go? How do you how do you pitch this thing to someone in the business? Yeah. Um, you know, 50% of people are still on whiteboards. So, you know, we like to show up. You know, these aren't Zoom meetings on, hey, let me show you what you got. Yeah. You know, it's, it's come in to your equipment manager. How have you been doing it? You know, where are your pain points? If, and we see, hey, we help with one or two things, right? And it's it's also important, like, if it's not a match, like, if we can't add value to you, then we're not going to be a good partner. So I think it's more about listening and making sure the company's at a right time to adopt tech and they have the right people in place that can do it versus, like, hey, you just need to track your equipment because that's what you should do. So it's very much about process and, and, um, and the end game of people actually using it, right? So... But first, first meetings, you know, walking into a bunch of shops, like that's, that's what I do. That's what our team does. Well, almost like uh, someone in equipment rolls up just, can we have a conversation? Yep. Two things I love about what you just said there. And I hope our, our younger construction professionals are listening to number one, you showed up. Yep. You went to the office and you met in person. You didn't set up the zoom call. You got face to face with the business decision makers and and then number two, you listened. You, you sat down and you said, what are your issues? How, what are your problems? And then you, you figured out how you could help them solve some of their issues through that, through that process. Yep. I, I love the approach. Yeah, I do too. And so instead of, of, instead of just building something and going sell it, uh, you went and talked to everybody and um, built it around what they told you, what they needed. Yep. And that's, that's the way to do it, you know. Have you found that your experience has helped you in those conversations, your your construction experience? Oh, you're able yeah. to speak the lingo. You're able to talk their it. language. It, it's a language, right? Yeah. yeah. So you need to know what this equipment is, uh, and you have to have some empathy for the, the problems, right, versus, oh, what do you mean you're still managing things on a whiteboard? Well, it's because there's a lot of stuff going on, and that's – how we've done it and it's worked actually we've yeah. been we've been around for 50 years making money so something something's working right well, so like i can tell you right now you know, if you walk into our office we got whiteboards covered up yeah, right yeah, now is yeah, it the yeah, best yeah. way i still like whiteboards right? i don't know yeah, i don't know if it's uh, the best way or not but you're right i mean it's uh but what it does tell you is that everyone's dealing with the same issue yeah, yeah. and i think like with tech uh tech is a tool right it's not magic so it's just like, you know, we have so many tools in construction machines. It's just a great tool for people to do their job. And that's, I think that's versus, hey, tech's just going to come in and, and solve a problem. It's a compliment. Absolutely. No, it's, and it helps on all the things that we're trying to do, the efficiency, the productivity, and, you know, making business decisions on whether or not to buy equipment, lease equipment, your point. Yep. Do we have the right size fleet for the work that we've got in front of us? Yep. But you can't do it if you don't have the data. Yep. You've got to have the data. In real time. You can't have in real old, time. old data. Did you, yep. did you run into any opposition out there, the old honorary construction guy that, ah, we don't. 
Oh yeah, run into that a <laughs> yeah. good bit. Did you every day? Yeah, Did you? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, and but I think that's that's just a reaction to some change, right? It's part so, of it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, but that's the fun part, right? If if you can take that guy's like, hey, there's no way I'll ever do this. Change you know, my mind. I, I I still have a flip phone. You know, <laughs> don't even give yeah, me a smartphone. Yeah. And you know that person out there, and if they if they can get it and you know really embrace it, then then you know you have the. Kind of if you win. can sell Bam Bam, <laughs> you can sell anybody. If you can get Bam Bam to buy in on asset management technology yes, platform, sir. yes, absolutely. You ha- you have done it. Yep. How big is Tenna? Uh, so Tenna is around 125 people, um, around 350 contractors around the U.S. Wow. 100,000 things tracked. Uh, oh, okay. And we add about four contractors a week. So oh, good. Uh, high, high, high growth company. Uh, but I think it's just because of our focus and we got a great team similar. You know, you guys uh, put a lot on culture. It's very important for us. And uh, that makes it just fun to grow. You know, so. are these contractors managing their own um, platforms and their own, are they see all their data? They don't have to call in and say, Hey, I need a report for this, or I need a report for this, or I need you to track this asset. They've got, yeah, that at their it's all on the it's mobile as well. So it's unlimited. You know, everybody can use the system. We want everybody to get the data. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Also, what a what a fantastic story. Yeah, and you should. Uh, how long has this been? So I started it in 2015 was like okay. the ideas on on the job sites. Uh, and then we really kind of launched the product that people use today in 2019. So wow, these are not like uh, quick, you know, th- things take yeah. time to get them right. Uh, and I think that's, you know, important for quality. So keep on going. What are you excited about with Tenna? What's, what's yeah. happening right now that, that you're excited about? Um, I mean, we're always developing new product like each month. And that's, you know, that's the invention of it. Um, growing our customer support and also sales organizations. So um, really, you know, I think just great blocking and tackling. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I like to say, you know, we're going to invent a new satellite product or a new network tomorrow. No, there's a lot of stuff coming out and the tech's moving so quick that just can we just, ex, you know, execute for our partners and customers each day. So let's keep it simple, work hard, you know. What a, that sounds like a pretty fun gig. You get yeah. to go in and <laughs> oh, solve yeah. problems yeah, through yeah. some pretty cool technology. When you when you did your road tour yeah and you got on on the road and you went around you were talking to contractors about what are you experiencing what are your issues what else did you hear beyond the technology and beyond the asset management part of it what other issues are people dealing with out in the industry right now labor labor absolutely number one Uh, i find at least across the country because we're you know we're bouncing around the country in canada uh, it's the number one thing we hear so have a lot of work you know the the backlog is strong but looking for talent uh, looking for talent from the younger generation coming up. Uh, so that seems to be on, on everybody's mind. Yeah, uh, I'd say that's pretty consistent. Yep. So across the board, yeah. absolutely. Finding people. Finding people. Seems to be a lot of greenfield work as well. So it's not just, you know, projects of, of redoing and, and, and rehabs. A lot, of, a lot of new development happening. Uh, so that's great. I mean, that's great for the industry, but you need the people, yeah. people to build it. Right? Have so. you been? How have you have you been able to solve that problem? No, no, no I, yeah. could, I could just tell you what your dozer's doing. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. To that point, though, yeah. utilization uh, it, it tells you: like, do I do I really need five yeah. pieces of equipment out here, or can I do it with three? Yeah, I think efficiency in general is going to help with the labor issue. That's why tech is being adopted more. Um, 
but I think there's still a need for good training and for individuals to come into the industry and because it is it is a fun place to work you know, yeah. and impactful. You you use word fun. You you seem like you're having fun with this, Austin. You yeah. seem like you're having fun. Do you do you love the tech side or the construction side of this equation more? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Um, I love having tech in the construction industry. I don't think I'd want to do necessarily. I don't think about tech outside of it. Right. Like I said before, like I, I love like I'm a high energy person, right? I like to be moving, and that's what made construction just really satisfying. Um, and with tech, you can always kind of be creating something new, innovating something new, and doing that for an industry that I love is, is really gratifying. It's exciting. Yeah. And I think it's exciting for what we found, the next generation of construction professionals. They want to see that. And they want to use tech too, right? They want to yeah. use tech. They, and they want it consistent as, you know, as they learn, learn programs. So, well, tell me about this. So your, your approach to this whole thing has been very collaborative. Yep. You have, why has that been important to you and, and where did that come from? How did you know that was the way to, to build this? Um, probably just my, my time at my, my family company. Like, you know, I think team first, especially is the way, uh, good contractors operate, you know, PMs and supers doing a site walk together each day and talking through the problems and pre-planning. Uh, that communication, as we talked about earlier, communication training that you guys do. Uh, so, you know, I, th I think if you're operating a place where it's just your idea and it's just your ego to make it happen, you're probably not going to get the facts on how to make the right decision. So it's it's almost not, I think it's the only way to, <laughs> to work the right way. Uh, and, it, and it also just creates good buy-in and, you know, lots of ideas from around the company. Like one of our one of the things we like to do is that the bucket attachments that came from like a lead mechanic that was at our construction company that came over to our tech company. It was his idea. He's like, Hey, I think this weld will, will be better for our customers. So it comes an, anywhere within the company. Yeah. I so, love that. There's yeah. your soundbite right there. We need to get, that was, that was perfectly said. Yeah. Take him up. Well, Austin, thank you so much yeah. for, for coming and spending some time with us on the podcast today. Is there uh, anything else that you want to say uh, that we didn't get to, that we didn't cover today? You guys had a question about safety stories, right? I yeah. Know, I was on yeah. The, oh, so yeah. Rusty. Know you wanted some stories, so I try to think of two <laughs> before I came. Um, and I, I thought about just two, and it doesn't apply to equipment at all. This is just construction experience. So, um my most interesting and then most scary safety meeting. I'll go on. So my most interesting was when I was working abroad uh, in West Africa. Uh, we had crews from all different kind of places. And it was one of the only places that they started the safety meetings with the prayer, but they would alternate uh, with the different religions. So it's really interesting to have like, you know, one leader do prayer one day, the one leader do the prayer the other day. And it was just one of the more impactful safety programs I was ever in. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah. the worst one was I was running a, um, a trucking crew uh, doing earthwork and there was an individual not very happy that day. So he pulled a snake on me. <laughs> like, Oh, like, <laughs> wow. literally a dead, it was a dead snake, but it was, uh, that, that was pretty me. scary. So it absolutely I had to refrain myself from uh, it was, that. <laughs> so, that would have been it. Right. I see it. That, that would have been it. That, that would have been a not, bad day for that. I would not, yeah. So I am. I am. I do not like snakes. I, <laughs> I am scared of snakes. So. I am too. But I am, hey, I am things, things happen. I'm with you. On that, but <laughs> yes, sir. 
All right. That is wild. That is well, what is the most one last question yeah. just hit me. What is the thing most likely to walk off the job? Ooh. What is the piece of equipment or asset that you find? I, is, I think assets that get lost, like assets get lost are more the attachments. The attachments. That's what we see. Like everybody always, like when I talk about losing attachments, everyone's, no one's like, oh yeah, I've never lost an attachment. <laughs> like, yeah. I've not heard that comment once, but I think any of the small tools are easy, Yeah, you know, because that's, you know, concrete soft, for example, worth a good amount of money, easy to move yeah. off. Yeah. And then probably the next thing would be the mini, like the mini X's. Yeah, the skid steers. Skid steers. For like yeah. actual machines. I think yeah. skid steers are the highest, right? Okay. So, Do you miss being out on the project? I still get to be out on the project. So I'm, I'm out with the customers all the time and, you know, walk in their yards. And one of the most satisfying thing is there's so many good contractors in the U.S., you know, uh, kind of live in your own world when you're working in one company. But getting to travel to the U.S., there is just, there's so much talent and great companies out there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it, what, somebody asked me the other day why I love construction. And I said, it's the people. Yeah, absolutely. You won't find an industry yep. with better people than the construction industry. Salt to the earth. Salt to the earth. Yep. 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 Well, Austin, thank you so much yeah, for being for on the time. podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys have coming up. I'm excited yeah. to keep learning more about your products. And uh, if there's anything that we can do for you, I hope you'll, you'll reach out. But yeah. it's been a pleasure to have you in here telling your story today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Re- really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh.